right, welcome back to the Great Northeast Podcast. Today we are talking about my personal favorite tree of all time, the Fagus Grandifolia, American Beach. All right, let's get right into it. Okay, so the American Beach, it's a deciduous leaf-bearing tree growing 60 to 120 foot tall it's got beautiful smooth gray bark um, that's we'll talk about that in a hot second the leaves are dark green above uh, and sparsely toothed maybe coarsely sawtooth not doubly sawtooth but they they're very distinct points and not like a, a uh, birch, like a uh, sweet birch, or a yellow birch, where you have those kind of double teeth, it has single teeth, and they the, the leaves will have a uh, thicker, leathery feel. Uh, they're alternate leaf, alternate branching um, on the, uh, on the uh, American beach, and the leaves have a very short petiole, which is the stem of the leaf. Uh, winter twigs are pretty easy to tell, or winter trees, it's relatively easy to tell um, without even using the bark. Uh, a lot of times they'll hold the leaves through the winter, uh, and only the new leaves will push out the old leaves. Um, but the buds are pretty telltale. They're very lance-like, like pointed rounded no no so they're very thin not pointed not rounded they're very thin with a kind of a a pointy point and those are the new leaf buds coming in and you could see those throughout the whole winter so even if the tree has no leaves those leaf buds and I'll post that picture a picture of them obviously on Instagram when I post this episode but those leaf buds are very telltale as well as the smooth bark, but there's a lot of younger trees like red maple and even sugar maple that will have smooth gray bark as well as the American beech. The cool thing about the beech bark, especially on older fruit-bearing trees, is it gives each tree has its own tale to tell with the bark. Uh, when the trees are bearing fruit, they're, uh, they're nuts, the beech nuts, they're so popular among all sorts of wildlife. I'll list them all later, but they're so popular. Bears, I know that bears will go up for days and sleep in the tree and just gorge on beech nuts. They're so popular because they have a higher sugar content and that, you know, that gives more carbs to these animals as they're prepping for winter. And so they're sweeter and so they're kind of the first to go. But since the bark is smooth you can see claw marks even from like raccoons but especially from bears you can see where a bear climbed up the tree and climbed back down and it, it, if it happens over and over again it'll even wear the tree down even more it's pretty cool if you can get out and you see those four distinct you know bear claw <laughs> bear claw going up the tree and so that's one that's that's one of the reasons I love this tree so much is it has a tale to tell 
every tree has a, a tale to tell. Um, the other reason I love this tree so much is just because I, when I really got into the outdoors, the only outdoor spot that I could go was not legally go, but it was prison property where they have like a farm where they, uh, I guess, teach the prisoners that are about to go back into the real world some sort of uh, job. So they teach them farming, they teach them how to castrate cows, how to work at a dairy farm, stuff like that. So that was the only place in Ewing, New Jersey where there was woods that I could walk to. So I just went there and there's a down beach with a root ball that stuck up and I carved a bench out of it and I made a little bed going against the root balls using it as a wind block and I made a camp there and I really had a great time camping there and being around this predominantly beach forest and it was there that I really just got a love for that tree because it was providing me with everything. I was using it as my carving wood, I was using it as my firewood, I was using it to, um, to make my bed where I slept, I had a raised bed and uh, it was that, I mean, and just that, that couple weeks that I spent going in and out of there until I, <laughs> until I had a close encounter with the police, <laughs> I'll just say that, uh, then I couldn't go back there, but I remember learning and learning a lot of bushcraft skills using beach, uh, and that's, and really kind of gaining an appreciation for the forest and what's around me and beach was kind of the start of that and that's why it, it, it is my favorite tree. So the beach trees flowers are oh my goodness I not sure if I should even try to attempt this but they're mono monoceus monoceus m-o-n-o-e-c-i-u-s which is they have flowers of the both sexes on the same tree so it doesn't need a second tree to uh to for those flowers to oh my gosh language is gone you know what i mean <laughs> um the fruit the nut is a small sharply angled nut uh born in pairs in a soft-spined four-lobed husk Good luck with that one. Uh, you'll definitely need to look up a picture of it. They're small. They're very small. And, and I wouldn't say that the husks are spiny, but they, they kind of are. Um, it has two means of reproduction. One is through uh, the usual dispersal, dispersal of seedlings, and the other is through the root sprouts. New trees new trees sprout from the roots in different locations. So this is kind of, this is pretty cool. So there's a ramet and then there's a genet. And a ramet, I can't quite remember exactly what it is, but a genet, you can have a forest of beech trees and, ah, uh, let me see, what does this say? It also says that, asp oh yeah, quaking aspens do it a lot. Uh, sumacs and a lot of wildflowers as well. But, you can have a forest of beech trees and all of them can be genetically identical, the same tree. Uh, it's pretty, 
pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, is that likely to happen? Probably not. You'll probably have several different trees. But um, it's more, it's just cool that you can be in a forest and all those trees could be basically from the same tree, like connected to the same tree. Pretty, pretty amazing. Um, okay, so it's a lot of times it's found in pure stands. Uh, but it's also found alongside sugar maple, red maple, um, yellow birch, eastern hemlock, uh, and there's also, I'm just look thinking to the forest that we have here, there's also service berry there, as well as a little bit of sweet birch, lots of rhododendron, and I'm not sure if there's much mountain laurel, um, I don't think there is. Uh, some white oak in there as well. Not very much. It's not the predominant species. Um, but it's kind of those are the trees that it's that it's usually with. So where does it grow? It's a shade tolerant species. Another shade tolerant species um, like sugar maple and white oak that we uh, that we've already talked about. Uh, actually, quick note. It's the same weight per cubic foot as sugar maple, which I didn't realize. 43 pounds per cubic foot. Um, anyway, back to where they grow. Uh, it's, it's found in forests in a stage of succession, which means it's like in, there's different stages of forests, and it usually indicates like a final stage of a forest um, before things start dying off. Uh, but it's also used uh, as an indicator for farmers that there is rich soil. I think it would be mesic. No. Hydric. No, that's water. Um, what kind of soil would it be? Very good soil. <laughs> that's what it would be. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so farmers will use it to realize that, oh, this is going to be really good soil. And, and then they'll clear it and, and then they'll have uh, they'll plant there. Um Well-drained slopes, rich bottomlands, um, moist areas. It, it's it's. Uh, I mean, it's pretty. It's kind of grows in a lot of different places. It just depends. Not really higher elevations from what I've seen. Uh, in Pennsylvania, here we have mountains, and so usually you don't find it up on the top of the mountains. You'll find the shagbark hickories and the oaks, uh, the red oaks up there. Um, so you're not really going to find it up top. You're going to find it in the lower parts of the mountain. Uh, and usually, like I, like we already said a million times, in, in its stands of where there's one, there's more than likely more. Cool side note that I didn't know until 30 minutes ago was, no, actually it was when I did the white oak episode. That's when I found out. But oak and chestnut are in the beech family. I did not know that. I think that's pretty, that's pretty cool. Alright, so what are, what are some of these trees' uses? American beech, uh, it's used in forestry. Uh, it's hard, difficult to split. That's for dang sure. We already mentioned it's 43 pounds per cubic foot. Uh, it's not exceptionally heavy. 
Um, it also rots really easy. Trust me, I just had a shelter that I built out of uh, American Beach collapse, unfortunately for me. So, but I also didn't debark it, which probably didn't help it uh, last long. Uh, but wide variety of uses, notably, most notably, and I've done this before, bent wood, bent wood furniture, because uh, it it bends really easy when it's steamed. But it's also a really good firewood, like like uh, sugar maple. It just burns really long and it doesn't pop. Unfortunately, the bark is so smooth, people think it's cool to carve their name in it. For example, there's a beach in the woods across the road from me, and on the bigger beaches, unfortunately, there's all these things carved into them because certain people think that memories last forever. And with that being said, the beach has, uh, it's what it's called beach bark disease. Uh, it's become a major killer of beech trees in the northeast. The disease occurs when the beech scale insect attacks the bark, creating a wound that is then infected by two of the different species of fungi in the genus Nectria. This causes a canker to develop and the tree will eventually be killed. So not only is this insect causing these beech trees to die from opening up the bark, which is very thin and not very fire retardant, but we'll t I'll probably talk about fire retardant when we get to shagbark hickory, um, as far as bark goes in the northeastern woodlands, because you don't really think of wildfires when you think of trees. But the beech bark is very thin, and it's tight to the tree. And when you carve something in, that just gives the place for this fungus to sneak in and kill, uh, eventually kill the tree. They also have beech blight aphids, which colonize in the branches of the tree, but they don't really seriously harm the tree. Uh, the beech leaf disease uh, was discovered in 2012 in Ohio. Uh, it's thought to be caused by ne uh, nematodes. It has spread to several other states as well as Canada and has potential to kill millions of trees throughout North America and may threaten the beach of the beaches of Europe as well. Despite high moisture needs, beaches succumb to flooding and easily thin with and easily their thin bark invites damage from animals, like the bears that we were talking about earlier, and human activities. Late spring frosts also cause considerable damage to the trees, trunks of, of, the, of the mature beaches, and the often rock cavities that are being used by wildlife for habitation. Um, so, uh, frost cracking, should I get into frost cracking? No, I'll save that for paper birch. Um, frost cracking is pretty cool, though. Alright, so... The uh, American beech, the leaf. I forgot. I've always. I, I'm scatterbrained, by the way. I have a million things going on in my mind. The leaf, like I said, it's got the pointy. Uh, it's got the single, coarsely sawtoothed, I guess, uh, or whatever they said, whatever the book said. <laughs> uh, but they the 
the the veins that come off of the uh, the, the main vein are all parallel with each other. Um, so you, if you look at one of the, the leaves will be coming out in the next couple months, in the next month and a half, two months. But if you if you come across a tree that still has last year's leaves on it, they'll be tan. But you can see that parallel veining in uh, coming off the main vein in the leaf. It's pretty cool. I think uh, uh, iron uh, hop horn beam. And ironwood also do the same thing. They also have that parallel veining coming off the main vein. All right, and finally, to end this episode off, who the what does the food, the animals that the American beach provides food to? It's a very numerous amount of invertebrates and or of vertebrates and mammals and everything, and um. Yes, mammals are vertebrates. But, um, so, rough grouse, wild turkey, raccoons, red and gray foxes, white-tailed deer, rabbits, squirrels, possums, pheasants, black bears, porcupines, and humans. Uh, the Lidopteran caterpillars feeding on American beach. Oh, that's for a different article. Oops. Um, deer occasionally browse on beach foliage, but it is not a preferred food. Beech nuts were one of the primary foods of the now extinct passenger pigeon. The clearing of beech and oak forests is, a point, is pointed to as one of the major factors that have contributed to the bird's extinction. So, pretty amazing. But yeah, so I've heard stories of black bears getting up in beech trees and staying there for days until they were pretty much eaten out. Um... But the beech, the American beech, it's a really cool tree, and it grows pretty big. Uh, it's a beautiful tree, and get out there, see it. This is David with the Great Northeast Podcast. Thank you for listening. Sorry I kept rambling on about a tree, but it's my favorite one, and I'm glad that you stayed to the end and listened, and I'll talk to you in the next one.